Hi, and welcome to the River of Life Assembly of God podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our prayer is that today's message will impact your life in a positive way. We believe there is power in the Word of God. So open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you today. We are in a series of, about King David, and uh, we're going to be in 2 Samuel uh, 15 today, but I want you to go to Psalm 55. Amen. You want to give a shout-out for the Word? Let's give a shout-out for the Word. Amen. Yeah. Psalm 55. Go with me to Psalm 55. But we have been learning about King David, and um, been trying, we've been focusing on keeping a right heart when the world goes all wrong. Uh, and so we've been concentrating on that and keeping our heart right with God no matter what's going on in the world. And the last two weeks we've been focusing on our family, keeping our right heart when our family goes all wrong. And we got more in the Bible about King David than any other person except Jesus. And so we've been looking and learning from his life. And I'm going to preach today. I'm going to do one more week. You don't want to miss uh, next week, the finale. And then I'm going to move kind of into some cultural issues that we got going on, talking about canceling culture and restoring the kingdom that, uh, that I think is really important. It's on point, and it's going to be something we as the church, we're called to make a difference. We're called to look at even the division between races and political, and we have the answer, and the answer is the gospel. And we have so many examples in the New Testament for instance, the book of Philemon that Paul wrote to a slave owner and to a slave who ran away. He addresses the topic and he encourages both of them to move toward one another instead of moving apart and to move toward one another because they are now in Christ. I mean, the answers are right there, everything that we're facing. People are saying, why don't you talk more about the politics? Why don't you, it's an election year. I know that. I'm going to talk about the gospel because the gospel fixes it all. The gospel is the answer. The gospel is the message that Jesus preached, the early church preached, and that is the answer is in that. And so we're going to move into that and, and um, gathering, some, um, gathering some awesome resources, and, and uh, we're going to lead through that. So continue to pray. What a year. What a year this is. Uh, but we need to keep our focus on. But right now, uh, I want to talk about the pain of rejection as we are in the second week about families. But you know what? You can take this message today as I was praying over it and learning, just letting the Holy Spirit. He spoke to my heart a week ago and whispered and, and said, I want you to talk about rejection. I was going to just mention it and move on, but I sat down and he ended up giving me a whole message on it. We're going to look at three people today that face different kinds of rejection, and they all handle it differently. And uh, sooner or later, you're going to deal with rejection, either in your family or from someone. And those that are closest to us often hurt the most. And we have three chapters dealing with rejection in the family of King David. And uh, we're going to look at that today, and we're going to learn from that. We're going to learn how to handle it. And uh, I, I believe God can do some inner healing this morning. Whenever you're watching this message, I believe if you will lean in and you will open your heart, God can do some inner healing. If we're going to make a difference in someone else's life, we've got to let God do, do something in our life. He's got to bring that healing first in us. And revival first starts in us. Healing first begins in us, and then we are called to be ambassadors, actually, of, of Christ. Amen? And so I believe God can really do that. This is going to be a very 
a serious uh, message because rejection is something that we're dealing with as a nation, as a culture, as a person. We're going to deal with it in November because someone's going to get rejected from the, nom from the presidential nominee. Look how quiet that got, man. <laughs> Rejection's going, how we handle it, however it is. How Rejection is a part of life. And it really, however we, opposition on the outside will reveal how mature we are on the inside. I said, how we handle opposition on the outside will reflect how mature we are on the inside. When Jesus looked at Peter, and Peter, he had that revelation. He says, you are the rock. The, in, in, in all this, and you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, what you said, I'm going to build my church on you. Then a few minutes later, Peter had this wild idea about Jesus and, and tried to get in his way because he didn't like the way Jesus was moving. So he said, Jesus, I don't want you to go to Jerusalem. And Jesus looked at him and said, get behind me, Satan, for you're, the spirit you have is not of my Father. I mean, he went from being the hero to a zero in two pages. And how he handled rejection revealed the attitude and the maturity of his level of his heart. Thankfully, thankfully, he was able to say, okay, God, I didn't like that, but your boss, I mean, oh, God is boss. Even when he does things we don't like, even when he does things we don't understand, come on, somebody, this is how you grow. And you grow through those, those moments. And there's a, but there's a lot of hurt that happens with rejection, especially in families. And this really saddens the heart when you read David's life of what he went through with his families. He was a winner on the battlefield, but man, he really lost a lot of battles at home. And here's one of them right here. We learned last week about the tragedy between Amon. Now we're going to learn about, we introduced three of his oldest sons last week. And I'm going to do another narrative style preaching today where I'm going to talk and tell a story. It's been a little different, but that's just how you, God has put this in my heart. So last week we learned about David's three oldest. Let's just pray right now. I feel the Holy Spirit. Lord, I know you want to do some healing right now in our hearts. And in order for us to move forward, we've got to be healed. We've got to have your spirit. And God, there may be some deep wounds there in our life that was left by a father, a mother, a child, a brother, or even a close friend a boss, a mentor. And Father, we have went on and pretended everything's fine, but deep down, you know, it has impacted the way we make even decisions today. And God, I pray that you would use this next few minutes to just plant some seeds that you would water and give the increase to bring healing and fruit out of this ground that the enemy have tried to take us captive in this area of rejection. In Jesus' name, you give him permission today? David's three oldest sons, we learned about them last week, Amon, Absalom, and Tamar. He had more, but these three are the spotlight over the six chapters here in 2 Samuel. And what happened was, is, Abs is Amon, he violated his stepsister Tamar. She was only 15. He actually raped her. It was a horrible tragedy that happened in the palace. Absalom, which we're going to look at right now, is Tamar's biological brother. Have the same mom, same dad. Amon had the same dad, but a different mom. Kind of a blended family. And uh, Absalom is really upset at what happened 
between Amen and Tamar. And uh, so Tamar ends up living the rest of her life with Absalom. She has no kids. She never gets married. This thing just hurt her. Talk about rejection. She was rejected by her own brother, and it scarred her for life. It impacted the ability for her to even have kids and, and go on and have a lineage of herself. This made Absalom furious. It just caused chaos in the home. And we look at Absalom. Who's Absalom? He's the middle child. How many middle children we have here? He's the middle out of the three. Amen. I am too. And uh, who was he? Well, he was a very handsome looking guy. Second Samuel 14, 25 says, Now in Israel there was no one who was praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was not one blemish in him. Wow. And when he cut the hair of his head at the end of every year, he cut it because it was heavy on him. And when he cut it, it weighed 200 shekels, according to the king's standard. That's about five pounds. Now, in those days, if you had long hair, it meant you were like a man's man. You were very manly. I would be probably the biggest wimp, amen? <laughs> uh, but it was. So if you picture this guy, he kind of looks like Fabio. Fabio, remember him? But like the Rock Johnson. Okay, you hear what I'm saying? If you can picture that, this is, this is what Absalom was like. Very good looking, but he was very manly. He was very strong. There wasn't one blemish. He was very good looking. He was praised by all the people. And as I said earlier, he was very hurt by his dad. His dad seemed to not do anything about this horrible sin that happened to his sister. And so he's hurt bad. And he begins to say to himself, why didn't my dad do anything? Why didn't my dad step in and stop this? He, he, could, have, he could have stopped this whole mess. He could have disciplined Amon. The Bible says David did not discipline Amon for he loved him and Amon was the firstborn. So David kind of kind of played favorites there. Again, he lost it at home, but he was a great warrior. But he played favorites, and he knew Amon was the, was the next in line for the throne, and he knew this would blemish it. So he kind of like let it swept it under the rug. He, he tried that parent technique, and we learned that it's not right. But parents aren't always perfect. Let me just say that. We don't always get it right. David didn't get it right as a parent all the time. But this made Absalom so hurt, and he, he just was like, why didn't my dad do anything. So he took matters in his own hands and he had his brother Amon killed. And then Absalom flees from Jerusalem for years. He goes and he can't even go to a refuge city because by law he should be executed even though he is a king's son because he committed treason and murder, premeditated murder. So the law said he needs to die. So he couldn't even be safe at a sanctuary city, but he went to his grandfather's house. Family always takes you in. And he did. He took Absalom in, and Absalom stayed there for three years. But this hurt of rejection turned to bitterness. And he soon became bitter and began to plot an idea of getting even with his dad. He said, I'm going to go back to Jerusalem, and I'm going to win the people over and overthrow the kingdom. And I'm going to take the throne. I'm, I'm next in line anyway, thanks to my murdering my brother but I'm going to do things my way. He, he, he had one of those spirits that Saul had. I'm going to do things my way instead of waiting on God. And so 
he does that. He waits and he becomes bitter and he begins to get this plot. And so he comes back to Jerusalem. The Bible says he lives in Jerusalem. David hears that Absalom is back and he lives in Jerusalem for two whole years, but he did not see the king's face. In other words, they're not talking. You may have somebody in your family right now that holidays is about the only time you get together and maybe now you don't even do it. And you're hoping this COVID thing deep down goes that long because you really don't want to be in the same room with some of that family person. Just let the Holy Spirit put a spotlight on what he's wanting to do today. This is the situation that we're reading about. For two years, they lived in the same city but didn't speak to either one, good or bad. They just had this thing. So Absalom would go to the city gates. The city gates is where business was conducted. When we were in Israel two years ago, we saw firsthand there were some ancient cities that still have the gates there, and that's where the downtown Uh, conversations happened, the business happened. So Absalom got this idea that he was going to come and sit at the gates, and as people came to talk to King David and his administration about their personal problems, Absalom was going to jump in and go, hey, hey, the king's busy. In fact, he's always too busy. Bring me your problems. Uh, I I can help you out. And he began to, the Bible says, kiss the people. And he began to love on the people. And he began to say things like this, if I was king, beware of the spirit that says if I was in charge, if I was king, if I was your husband, if I was, come on, that's, beware of that spirit. That spirit comes from Satan himself who said if I was God. So when that spirit begins to get up, that's the spirit of Absalom. Is what if you want to put a name on it, it's pride and I can do things better and it, it can rise up in any of us and all of us. Because a lot of times, let's face it, we don't like what we see. But I've learned if you read all of the book, and I love about learning the stories, that's why I'm teaching you the story of David. You can learn God's ways by learning God's word. And you learn that sometimes God will do things you don't like or you don't agree with on purpose to just check your heart because he wants to go deep. If he's going deep in your heart, it's because he wants to go far in your life. Absalom didn't, he rejected that kind of talk. It's like, no, man. And the Bible says this in verse 6, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. The king was busy. Israel was growing. King David, under his administration, Israel went from 10 square miles to over 60 square miles. So his administration was just defeating and conquering the enemies, and Absalom took authority. Sometimes when we get busy, and even during the season of blessing, that's when the enemy will try to come in and bring distractions. Someone say amen. And so... He, be, he stole the hearts of the people. They begin to go, yeah, you would be better, Absalom, plus you're good looking. You got that hair thing going on. And they really loved Absalom. And so he moved to step two of his plan. Step two of his plan was he wanted to get the ear of one of David's counselors. And this is our second guy we're going to learn about today. His name was Athaphil. We're going to call him Phil. He got a hold of Phil. Sorry if your name's Phil, not picking on you. Athaphil. Athaphil was, he was a wise counselor. He, he, he knew everything. He was like a modern-day Google or Siri. Anything you needed to ask, you would go to Athaphil, and Phil would tell you, and he would be accurate. And the Bible says this, that his words was like or, the oracles of God. So people would listen. 
to what Phil had to say. So Absalom said, hey, Phil, won't you come on my team? Because I'll make you this and I'll make you that. And I'm next in line to be king anyway, so let's do this. And so David heard about that, that he took one of his key elders and key leaders to get on. See, the enemy always goes after leadership. That's just what he does. Jesus knew this when he said, the enemy's going to come after me because if he strike the shepherd, the sheep will do what? So we need to be praying for our leaders on every level. Let me just say that. We need to pray for all of our level, all of our leaders. Whether you agree with them or not, we are called to pray for our leaders. Our principals, our school administrations right now, trying to make a very, no one's got it right. No one is perfect. We need to give some grace to all of our leaders, all of our mayors, all of our government leaders, all of everyone. It doesn't matter if it's got a D or an R in front of their name, church. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to pray for them anyway, regardless. Spiritual maturity there. You ever read Peter? Peter says this, honor the king. Do you know what king Peter said to honor to the Jewish people? It was Caesar who was killing Jews. Again, we think we only like to get along with people we agree with. Nothing can be further from the truth. He got one of the leaders. David heard about it. So David now feels rejection. You know, leaders can feel rejected as well. I'll never forget Pastor Brown. He's with the Lord now, but one of the last conversations we had is uh, we talked about the days back at Grace Christian School. We had a private school in those days, and I went to it from about fifth grade to seventh. And me and my friend, we single-handedly almost dismantled the school. We, we broke every rule. We got swatted every day, but it didn't matter. We just, I mean, it was, we were just in the state. And we talked about that with Pastor Brown. One of my friends really just that was there with us, he really got hurt and mad at Pastor Brown at the way he was, he was a very hard man. And one of my friends for a long time, even into his adult life, feeling rejected by authority, really took it deep. Uh, I just kind of was so thick-headed, I just went right on and went back to public schools and tore them up until finally I almost went into the military and met my match, amen, and uh, really struggled until I met Jesus. Because let me tell you, only Jesus can break that spirit, by the way, amen? Anyway, uh, we were talking about that, and Pastor Brown says, you know, he says, you know, Eddie, I was able to go back and talk with your friend. He called his name, and many watch online, and he may be watching. And we had a good conversation, and God did some healing there. And I said, that's awesome. And then Pastor Brown said this. Many of you know him. He said, Eddie, but what about me? He said, have you ever thought for a minute that maybe I got offended and I got upset at you kids during that school? He said, there we were trying to make a school for you in in all of the families and in the community, and you guys seemed to go against everything we tried to put in. Have you ever thought? See, we think leaders are invincible. I never even thought of that because Pastor Brown was always so in charge. I didn't see too much of a of a, you know, side of him that wasn't, and I just assume he can handle anything. No, let me just tell you that leaders can get hurt too. Parents can get hurt too. And all of us may be thinking right now, how does this relate to me and my dad because I was hurt by a parent or someone else. I'm telling you, maybe you were the other way around. You were in authority and you got hurt by some employees that maybe you gave them the start, you let them in, you gave them the promotion, and now they got with the group at work and 
during COVID, they've been kind of getting in their own little chat rooms, plotting against you, and now you feel like you're the outsider. I mean, rejection is real. It's on every side, on every level. So David says this. Now, a messenger came to David in verse 13, saying, the hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. So David said to all of his servants who were with him, these are the mighty men at Jerusalem, he said, let us make haste and depart, lest Absalom, he overtake us suddenly and bring disaster upon the city and strike the city with the edge of the sword. You see, David was always concerned with the people. Absalom didn't care about the people. He didn't even know half of them, I guarantee it. He just wanted the title. But David always cared about the people. And he said, man, I don't want this battle to be in the city and destroy the people. And it looks, look at verse 30. This is, this is how you handle rejection, church. This is the right way. Phil, Antha Phil's going to show us one of the wrong ways, and then I'll end with Absalom. But I want you to highlight right here David. David did a lot of things wrong, but he always learned how to bounce on his feet, even from something as deep as being rejected by his own family, because he did this right here. Look at verse 30. So David went out by the Mount of Olives and wept as he went. You may be weeping, you may have a lump in your throat when you think about the pain of rejection in your family, but I'm here to tell you that God is still wanting us to keep moving forward. You gotta keep moving forward. Come on, say it with me, keep moving forward. You gotta, you gotta keep going forward. Somehow, even with tears, he had tears, he had a lump in his throat, he was weeping. And the Bible says the men that were with him begin to weep and they begin to go forward down the mountain. He had to leave his own throne, leave his own kingdom because the, the fight and the conflict got so ugly. He had to take the high road while his son took the low road. And it was hurtful and it was painful and he's mad and he's got a lump in his throat, but he kept going. But here's what he did. You got your Bibles open to Psalm 55. The Bible says that he took the ark with him. Please get that. He took the ark with him. Now, you may not know the significance of the ark. You're thinking, what is the ark? The ark was like from Indiana Jones. You remember that ark? That's what it was. It was a box that represented the presence of God in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. But... I'm not going to go into all explaining that. It simply meant that David had a love for the presence of God, and he realized he could not make it through this pain and this season of rejection alone. He said, well, we got to leave, but bring the ark. And I haven't been able to give you a psalm, but this whole time we've been preaching about David, 11 weeks now, we've been learning about King David. All this time, he's been writing psalms. We haven't been able to look at it. And if you don't remember anything today, please remember this. You always have got to remember and learn and know how to stay connected to the presence of God. Please, no matter what life throws at you, you've got to learn to stay connected with the presence of God. If this is all we have is Sunday, and some of you may be doing that, and some of you may be online, this is all the church you got. Look, I love church church is what this was his idea Jesus said I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it so we will have the church until he comes but there's more to it than an hour and a half on Sunday you will not make it you won't I'm just being real you need the word you need the truth preach to you you have absolutely right 
When I got saved and I come out of drugs and alcohol and out of the streets, I couldn't go to a little church that just played patty cake and gave me my little religious itch and I went back to living my life. I wouldn't be here today. I needed an Earl Brown. I needed somebody to say, hey man, what you're acting, you're acting in the flesh. Knock it off. Get the armor of God in and fight your battles by faith. That's what the book of James does. If we get in the Word, that's, that's what the New Testament does. He does it in love, but he does it hard. But you also need to learn to stay connected with the presence of God. Please, what do I mean by that? I, I mean, you can get connected with God. One of them is through church. One of them is through reading. You can get connected with God out in nature. Seriously. You can be out there with God and just, Lord, I love you today. What a beautiful day. All of hell's going, breaking loose in your family and in your life. But if you will learn to do this little simple thing I'm teaching you, what David did, this is how he made it. He learned to connect with the presence of God and say, God, I don't understand what's going on, but I know you're with me. Learn to do that. Watching the news the other day, man, I just feeling like you. You had this uh, incident in, in Kenosha, Wisconsin, the shooting, and now we got a racial tension has been escalated to another level. You got that going on, you have the political divide. It was, you know, yet they're showing riots and they're showing what happened to this. And then at the bottom of the screen, you have a COVID number of how many are dying and they're spiking in certain states. And then, oh yeah, over here in the corner of the screen, you got a hurricane coming through there, wiping out the whole, and I'm like, oh my God. You know what I did? I don't watch a whole lot of Christian TV, nothing wrong with it. Watch it all day if you want. There's like 50 of them, but I normally just don't have time. I flipped over and they had Maverick City on there doing a live worship. I put it on Facebook. I said, man, I hope this blesses somebody. We sat in our living room. I turned it up. I got that surround sound for, my, for Father's Day, Kavar. Oh, it sounds so good coming through those speakers. And man, they were just worshiping. And all of a sudden, a shift in how I felt took place. <laughs> you got to learn how to do this. Many don't. I'm telling you, you do. You got to learn whether you're cleaning house, barbecuing, going for a walk, walking the dog. You got to get alone and learn how to shift and change that atmosphere. And the only thing that'll do it will be the presence of Almighty God. Hear me today. Hear me today. Only God. Man, next thing you know, we're having church, man. And, and it was amazing to see those worship teams. Just, they just had an, I don't even know what was going on. I didn't care. I just said, thank you, Lord. That's what David is doing right here in Psalm 55. I'm not saying it ain't going to hurt because this shows us how he felt during rejection. Look at it with me in verse 4. David is saying, my heart is severely pained within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me and horror has overwhelmed me. So I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from this windy storm and tempest. How many are there? How many have felt that? I, 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 just, I just want to grow wings and fly away. I, I just want to get out of here. I, this has been, David is saying, my son has turned against me. My family is so divided. The people I trusted in, they turned against me. I don't even know what. If I just had wings to just get out of here and escape this storm. I love how brutally honest the Bible is. He didn't say, oh, that's a 
you're in doubt and unbelief, brother. I love that he didn't say that because that's the biggest lie out of the pit of hell. And by the way, we don't have a right to tell anyone how they feel. Did you hear me? We don't have the right to tell anybody how they feel. If someone is feeling in pain and in hurt, just because we didn't feel it, you know, we have a tendency to just shake it off, put some dirt on it, you'll be all right. But if I step on my wife's foot and she goes, ow, honey, who am I to say, oh, baby, I didn't hurt you. I may not have intended, but she's in pain. And we first think about reconciliation. I'm getting ahead of myself from this series, but we got to realize that everybody don't feel like we do. Not everybody sees everything like we do. I say, man, you got a pain there? I don't understand it. Tell me about it. Teach me because I'm called to make a difference. Not just when I agree with something. Not with people that we have the same political affiliation. Somebody say, preach, Eddie. Preach, Pastor Eddie. Come on. I'm trying to bring you to work. That's what Jesus did. Is that what Jesus did? David said, I'm, I wish I could fly away. Then he talks about all kinds of violence being in the street. Oppression, verse 11, destruction is in the middle. Oppression and deceit do not depart from its streets. These, this is David's streets. He's like, I didn't want this to happen. Look at verse 12. For it is an enemy who reproaches me. Then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me. He's talking about Phil right here. Then I should hide from him. But it was you, Ethophil, a man of my equal, my companion, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and we walked to the house of, of God together. We used to go to church and worship together. I thought you were on my side. I thought you were with me. And now you, you rejected me. And then he gets in verse 15. Let death seize them, O God. Let them go down alive into hell. For wickedness is their dwelling and among them. He's like, God, you handle them. I, I pray you bring judgment. But look at verse 16. This needs to be circled in your Bible. As for me. Everybody say that. As for me. This is how we handle rejection. He says, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. Evening, morning, and noon, I will pray and I will cry aloud. Look at that. He keeps his pattern of faith. He keeps his worship. He keeps going to church. He keeps worshiping God. He keeps watching online. He keeps his pattern of faith, carrying the ark, going through the Mount of Olives in the woods. And then he starts talking about his son, Absalom, but war, verse 21. He says, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. In other words, he, he would come up to me like, Dad, you know, we're all good. And he even came back, Absalom came back, and he said, Dad, I want to go and, and give blessing to one of our cities. And David thought Absalom was finally getting ministry-minded. And he was like, okay, but Absalom didn't do that. He said, I need some of your mighty men to go with me. So David let some of his mighty men go with Absalom. Absalom goes down to the city and announces he's the new king, and I got David's army to prove my backing. So, this was a situation when as soon as you thought the relationship was getting better, as soon as you started to make a step forward and you thought everything was cool, the daggers come in the back. And he's, he's crying out to God. And then he turns and he starts ministering to you and I in verse 22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He's telling us how to make it through rejection. And then he says this, bloodthirsty and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. 
He says, bloodthirsty me. In other words, he said, I'm going to give these people to God. I'm going to give them to you, God. They hurt me. They rejected me. But I'm going to give them to you. And listen, as soon as David prayed that prayer in Psalm 55, God began to go to work. Let's finish with the story, and then I'm going to close. Bible says that Anthophil, Phil, and Absalom are now standing. They had no idea that David was interceding for them and praying. And Absalom gets his elders together, the rest of his warriors, and he goes, what should we do? How can we overtake the throne? How can we take my dad out? And Phil says, this is what we do, Absalom. Your dad is weak right now. He's crying. He's heartbroken over you. We need to rush him right now and overwhelm him and take him down. And Absalom goes, I like that. Let's do that. He began to get his army together. And there's a guy in the back that says, uh, excuse me? <laughs> Wait a minute. He says, oh, let's hold up a minute. You mean, Absalom, you want to go chasing your dad, David, into the woods and into the caves where he has been hiding for 15 years of his life with the mightiest, baddest part of our military in the woods. Don't you realize that David has been a man of war since he's been 15? Do you really think that's a good idea? <laughs> he said, even right now, I wouldn't be surprised if David is locked in on you right now. He's probably got a sniper up on the hill getting ready to take us out. That was my part. I actually didn't use the word sniper. That's what happened. You see, Absalom made the mistake that meekness is weakness. And he looked at Ab Phil and he said, Phil, you know what? Thank you, bro. You've been a good help to my dad, but I'm not going to go with your advice. And look what, Ab look what Phil did. Athaphil. It says, now when Athaphil saw that his advice was not followed, verse 23, that he saddled a donkey and he went home to his house. Then he put his household in order, and he hanged himself, and he died. And when I got to this part of the story, I was like, God, what are you saying? And he said, Eddie, these are many people have been like this. All of their life, you know, they've kind of felt like things were going okay, but they've faced rejection, and now they don't know how to take it. They just end up quitting and ending everything. And maybe you're watching online or you're here and you had, you had aspirations, you had goals, you had a vision for your family, you had a vision for ministry, you had a vision for this, for your relationships, and now you're in a certain season and it hasn't happened. You've been rejected one too many times and you feel like just quitting. You may not go all the way with suicide, that's what he did, but you can commit spiritual suicide at any time and just walk away from God and walk away from your vision, your anointing because you got offended, you got hurt. I'm telling you it's a lie from the pit of hell. Twenty twenty may be a year of cancellation, but I'm here to tell you. I believe twenty twenty one will be a year of restoration. I believe it. I believe it. If we can just hang on, if we can just say, "I'm going to keep these dreams and visions just percolating in my heart." I'm going to keep them. I'm going to. Antifil could have said, "Okay, you know what, Absalom, you're right. My, my my advice was foolish. I don't know what I'm thinking. In fact, this whole ideal is dumb." You want to listen to me? You need to apologize to your dad and work it out. But he didn't. He allowed rejection. Hear me. He allowed rejection to end his journey. And I want to close with Absalom. 
So the Bible says after Absalom heard about Antiphil hanging himself, that he got, he panicked. And Absalom said, you know what, I'm just going to rush in the woods and take my dad and the mighty men out. He took 20,000 soldiers into battle to take out David, his own dad. Battle got that bad. It got that ugly. The disagreement got that bad. We're literally trying to kill his dad. He rushes into the woods, and we read this part in 2 Samuel 18, 6. So the people went out into the field of battle against Israel, and the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. Somebody say woods. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David. <laughs> and a great slaughter of 20,000 took place that day. 20,000 soldiers lost their life because of this family feud. For the battle was scattered over the face of the whole countryside. And please get this. And the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Here's where I want to end as the worship team is getting ready. That stood out to me when I watched that, when I read that. That the woods killed more people than battle. Even Absalom. You know, some people, you get rejected and you can get hurt. Please hear me. This is the most important part of this message. And instead of remaining on the battlefield, you end up allowing that pain push you new off into the woods. You get off into substance abuse. You know why people get high and get all on drugs and all this? It ain't because they like it. It's be, usually it's because of a source. It's because of a pain. It's because something happened when they were younger or something happened in their life and they couldn't take it. And so they ended up getting into the weeds. They ended up getting into the woods. They got a pain there. Substance abuse professionals will tell you that's what they deal with. It's not the drinking. It's the source but I love the Holy Spirit because he goes past all of the symptoms and he gets to the root and he says, this is what I come to do. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. I want to create, I'm not going to renovate you. I'm taking you all the way back down and I'm putting a new foundation in you and building you right back up the way you're supposed to be built. And this way you'll weather any storm. You'll weather any hurricane. You'll weather anything 2020 can handle. If you let God build the house. The scripture says, if the Lord is not the builder of the house, they build in vain. And I wonder how many have, are watching or here today that have allowed a rejection get you off into the woods. Listen, Absalom, he got so far off into the woods. The Bible says he was riding a mule. Now, in those days, they wouldn't put a saddle on a mule. Kings rode mules. And so he's on a, he got himself his own title and he got him a mule even though he wasn't the king it backfires on him he's running he's so far into the woods your bible says that long hair of his got stuck in a terebinth tree which is an oak tree and he he got caught and the bible says that the mule kept on going and he was hanging in the tree between heaven and earth with that beautiful long hair that he used to just be so prideful the very thing he used to boast about was the very thing that brought him down and one of david's men the warriors, Joab, Joab and Abishai. We're going to talk about them next week. You didn't mess with anybody on the team. If you're going to mess with somebody, you leave them two alone. Joab took a spear and took Absalom out. And I wonder how many today have allowed 2020 
maybe allowed rejection in 1976. Maybe in 1999, that was the year. Maybe 2006, 2009. Holy Spirit, just have your way right now. Come on, can you stand with me? If you're at home, I want you to stand with me right now. Turn it up. Preached all this way to get right here. Because when we're hurt, why are you, why are you talking about this? I'm telling you how important it is when we're hurt. It affects every decision we make. It affects every relate. We become toxic. It's one thing to go through a storm. It's another thing to let the storm get in you and become bitter and toxic. And that's what happened with Absalom. He got so far off the battlefield, so far off what he's supposed to be supporting his dad and saying, I'm going to help make this transition beautiful and I'm going to make it happen. But he ended up ending it. And Solomon got the kingdom. But he got his hair caught which is his head. See, the devil, he don't have to take you out if he can get your mind messed up. I said, he don't got to do anything. You'll self-destruct. We will self-destruct if he can get our head all messed up. Our head all just angry. Absalom was just so filled with bitterness and them weeds. I know he was probably, where am I going? Getting on branches, hitting them. And what's he doing there anyway? What did God say to Elijah when he was in the cave of depression? What are you doing there? Adam hiding in the weeds. What are you doing there? It's supposed to be our time. We connect in the evenings, Adam. You heard me coming in the cool of the day. And instead of connecting with me, you're running over here behind the weeds, making branches for yourself. And you look all dumb. That's my translation because we do look so dumb when we get over in the weeds. Just being real with you today. I wonder how many of our heads and minds are so into the weeds. We've gotten off the battlefield, but God is saying, hey, I'm calling you back to the battlefield. David, he weeped and mourned over Absalom. Israel tried to rejoice because they took Absalom and the rebellion out. David forced the whole kingdom to not rejoice but mourn because he lost his son. Even though he was a rebellious son, he still grieved with his own son. And he made the whole kingdom mourn. Then they come out of that morning and David had to wipe his eyes and go back to serving God. And he went on and became great. For the Lord thy God was with him. And I'm here to tell you that again today, that the Lord wants you to go on and become great. For the Lord thy God is with you. Are you here today as you're standing? The Holy Spirit I know has already been speaking to your hearts and maybe you're here with the pain of rejection right now by a son, a daughter, a brother, a sister, a sibling, a parent. Pastor Eddie, I got this pain in me, man. It's hurt. It's causing me to get all over into the weeds, and I need to come out of the weeds. I need God to untangle this out of my head right now. I need to have the mind of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10.4 says these are our weapons to cast down imagination and every thoughts that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bring those thoughts captivity, captive to the obedience of Christ. We do that right now. Just lift your hands if that's you. You need that healing right now. Don't be ashamed. Lift your hands. If you're online watching, put your hands toward the television. God can heal this rejection right now in your mind and in your heart and give you clear thinking right now. You want the path of Absalom or you want the path of David? It's that simple. Been giving you options through this whole series. This is all about the heart we've been talking about. We need our heart healed. Father, with every uplifted hand right now, I pray in the name of Jesus.
You bring healing, healing, healing. Come on, I want you to picture that person that's rejected you. Maybe it was more than once, more than one. Maybe I just heard the Holy Spirit say, some of you are like Absalom in the beginning. He said, my dad could have stopped this. And you might be thinking, my boss could have stopped this. This didn't have to happen. I'm telling you, that right there, God wants to heal it right now. Come on. Well, that person's gone, Pastor Eddie, I know. They may be gone, but God's presence is never gone. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never, never, never leave you nor forsake you. I'm here to bring healing in you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let them heal right now. Holy Spirit, just bring healing. Healing in Jesus' name. You may want to repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Forgive me of any bitterness, any unforgiveness. Heal my heart. Come on, ask him to heal your heart. Heal my heart, God. Oh, it hurt. I know it hurt. You heard David. He wanted to fly away. Heal my heart. In Jesus' name. Come on, say that. In Jesus' name. From this day forward, help me to walk in your presence. Now lift your hands to the Lord right now. We're going to sing one more song, and let's just seal this word. Let God, I pray, Holy Spirit, just heal it. These altars are open. I know we're trying to do this social distance thing, but we got enough space even at your own seat. But come on, make that an altar right where you are right now. If you want to come up, you can. Stay in your seat, you can. However you can. Just to connect with the Spirit of God right now and let Him heal, heal our hearts right now in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We trust that God has spoken to you through today's message. If you would like to know more about our church or if you would like to help support the ministry, please go to www.rol-ag.org. River of Life Assembly of God, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people.